Welcome back to the With Joe Weeby podcast. Uh, today we're unpacking Naval again. Is there an actual skill called business? Naval Ravikant challenges this idea. He says <laughs> there is no skill, actual skill called business. So I'll go back to notes from his tweet storm, and these will be in the blog post um, linked in there in the show notes, and unpack that. So basically, Luke, what he's saying around this point is that business is bottom of the barrel because everything else is so foundational. Um, so like it all comes after more foundational specific things and business is this aggregate. So in business school, they throw a lot of things called case studies at you, but it's really just anecdotes. I'll go into that in a sec. Foundational math and logic game theory are some of the things he lists as being better than actual kind of business skills or business training. And that is, it's better to play lots of games than to read books on game theory. Let me pause there. Do you have a rough idea of what game theory is, Luke? I imagine that's something that might need to be unpacked. Yeah, no, for the definitely. Audience. I was going to actually ask a question around it. So, no, I don't. Yeah, I think game theory is a. There's, there's probably a very specific good definition which I'll fail to deliver right now. But a good way of thinking about it in this context is like, life is very situational. And you've got to balance that. I'll give a personal example. Um, we, all right, for constant student, we have to figure out um, how do we actually welcome people into the community? Do we make people sign up on the website? Do we do, you know, webinars where they do a free workshop first and then they have to apply? You know, there's there's pros and cons of each, right? Do you, do you send some people away because it's too hard to join? Does making it a bit harder to join get people to participate so this is like one example of something there's no um i could look at other other use cases maybe but what we have is obviously going to be a little bit different to anything else that is out there and our ambitions are going to be different so copying what i don't know another community or university does is not maybe that helpful what what really benefits someone like me or liam working on this is having lots of situations and trying lots of things so we get to test all these different scenarios like oh when we made it too easy yes people came in but then they didn't use the community a lot mm. when you make it a bit harder maybe they come in and value it so then you, you can tinker with things back and forth by playing different just keep continual experimentation trying it different out because it's a little bit like a game uh, you got to figure out oh you know how do i keep all the cards in my hand and the options you know without um without, you know, ruling things out. Like, I don't necessarily want to lose people who I think would benefit from the community because we're being a bit selective. Yeah, we know we have to be quite selective, obviously, to differentiate it from other things that are out there. That's a big part of the value. Uh, maybe another example, one that might be more relatable to you, is, say, a sale. Um, someone comes into store or you're on the phone with someone and, <laughs> you know, perhaps, you know, you... You want to hold the fact they're trying to negotiate maybe and you you're, you don't want to lose the sale but you also want to get the best price you can. So I don't know if that's the best examples. This is what comes to mind for me. Uh, there's probably better mm -hmm. examples. Um, that's that's classic negoti negotiation, pardon me. But it's also this idea of like your this arm wrestle, this game because you're trying to figure it out. And, and game theory is normally applied to a lot of different things, even on a, on a bigger level, you know, in, in, in business and stuff like that. Cause everything is very, you know, situational negotiation based, um, you, you know, uh, having, having the chips, having the chips in your, 
corner and and not not showing your hand and and stuff like that. So a lot of that inevitably comes into navigating this thing we call mm-hmm. business. Does that make yeah. it clearer? Yeah, absolutely. So more when you're describing that, I just think more trial and error based and richness exactly. of scenarios as well within that. Exactly. Within your experience, mm-hmm. I think. Quote from Naval, it's the number of iterations that drives the learning curve, not just the amount of hours you put in. So when he's criticizing the case studies you get given at business school, because look, there are lots of books you can read, for example. So even business school, yes. But there are lots of books you can read about whatever, how Amazon started, the early days of Facebook, um, different, you know, comparing how Instagram started to how TikTok started and things like that. You can find that in blogs and books. But he, he says, you know, they're always called case studies because it's oh, you're learning how these things came to be, but they're really just anecdotes. Go back to Peter Thiel, who says all these things that, you know, these people we admire do, they've just been done this one time, mm-hmm. completely specific situations, um, completely one-time occurrences. So that you can't take value from them, but it's this hierarchy of you will drive more value from actually continually iterating. So Naval's basically like, you could read about game theory, but that would be such a poor education. Allocate that time instead of just playing lots of games, trying things, go set up a project, go set up a podcast, all the things, you know, constant student, everyone must have a project. Um, <laughs> you're, you're essentially wasting your own time if you don't have a project because it's the most effective way to do all the things you care about in terms of doing something you get to create, learning, you know, refining people who have the same interests as you. What other um, opportunities are there to combine all those things in one pursuit? Um, so, you know, this, this is like comes back to these points. So the world enables us to do the same thing over and over again, but we'd be better off if we could have variety. And that's the trick. You do get comfortable when you get to keep consistency, but variety is what drives um, more creativity, more discovery, and more a richness of experience, a palette of experience, if you will. And yeah, doing something new the first time is always painful. The risk of failing is high. Um, I always say though, failure is a myth. I think failure only makes sense to the linear mind's way of thinking, but we won't have enough time to unpack that today, but that's a whole podcast series in and of itself. Uh, He does cite Taleb when he talks in this part of uh, the How to Get Rich series. He cites Taleb who emphasizes this philosophy. He made his money through black swans when the majority of people were wrong and he was going against them. So that's, that's, you know, failure, risk of failing is high. He makes a point, right? We didn't evolve to bleed every day. So most people want to win a little every day, right? If you bleed a little every day, like you're losing a bit of money every day, for example, like Taleb and his investing strategy, it's really disheartening, right? Most of us do not have the psychology to like put up with that. We actually would rather have a little win every day if we could choose, yet being able to tolerate the small losses every day to get the black swan, like the big win when everyone else is everyone else is wrong and you're the one that's right, and that's when you get a big win in one hit. Um, that is, you know, that's that ultimate playing the asymmetric game. So, you know, very fascinating because, um, you know, he does, all right, so that's consolidating that. You know, he unpacks, you know, he really unpacks, I guess, business is not this one big lumped concrete thing that everyone wants to go learn. It's built off of all these maybe composite skills. And, you know, we had a couple of examples before, but also I think why this is useful because people think, oh, so-and-so is good at 
business. They started this company. They can help me. From personal experience, right, Scott is obviously partnered in Constant Student, but running uh, Espresso is very different to running Constant Student, right? You know, selling um, electronic products is very different to like a, whatever, a, a community product. And even when I was doing real estate, my dad's a property developer and used to advise us. Um, property development is more about allocation of capital, managing leverage, getting access to opportunity. Real estate's much more about marketing and sales. So even though there's the common theme of property, there's not all these like, there's not these business skills that just directly translate, even though it's they're dealing with the same asset at its core. There is some overlap, but it's a fundamentally different skill set. <laughs> so this is just my examples. Like it's really not this one lumped thing. And I think the ramifications of that are, well, for one, you can't, don't, don't pursue it in a generic way, right? So this generic business training doesn't make sense, only makes sense to, I think, really do all these different experiments. But also I think it, it also makes it more accessible to people if you lean into what Naval is saying here, because this means that, because um, so many founders are accidental founders, they actually just respond to a problem and they realize that, oh, making a business is, is the best way to solve this problem. Like a good friend of mine, um, Andrew Akib, and his comp- company Maslow helps, a software product that helps people with um, disability care, manage their disability care, responded to their friend who was having this problem, who was, who was paralyzed and was having trouble managing all his carers. So not, not an intentional, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. So it should give people confidence that, yes, all these situations are completely unique. Therefore, you can meet a problem where you're at and actually do something about it. Anyway, that is my, I guess, takeaway of um, this topic. To wrap up, Luke, do you have any like reflections or thoughts on, just, on that? Has anything uh, come to mind? Going back to the scenarios, for example, how mm. you're just reflecting on how effective scenarios could be it's it's very difficult well it seems like it's difficult based on the fact that every business is different and and the outcomes are different so if you're planning (laughs) so so if you're planning to start a business studying facebook scenario instagram scenario probably a it's maybe not applicable at all in terms of the core business and b the outcomes would be so different so it's that's just what i took away from what you're saying I think that's a fantastic takeaway. And uh, so my, my actionable would be, um, and this is probably a mistake I've made a lot, pick up these challenges and persist with them because that's where you're going to get learning. But don't just persist. I'd say keep doing experiments and persist at that is more important than just continuing to do what you're doing in the same way. Um, like my writing and podcast has been con- constant experimentation and, and, and it will continue to be, I'm sure of like trying to figure out what works, how do you communicate things better, what sort of format might be better. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a continual tinkering. Whereas, whereas when you get stuck doing the same thing, like the same strategy, and it's not getting the results you want, that's, uh, that's probably the limited aspect. So I guess keep doing experimentation because it keeps accruing interest for you in the long term.